my name is Julie Natale. I'm from the class of 2022, and this is my leadership philosophy. I find the idea of a leadership philosophy funny because it's not something I've ever thought of before. I think the philosophy has sort of developed after my sophomore year in college and is something I think about very little, if I'm going to be honest with you. Most of what I know about my style comes from feedback from leaders around me, my fellow facilitators, mentors, friends, and mentees. If I were to have a leadership philosophy, though, there would be a couple of foundational elements. With this, I would say that it's highly specific to me, my personality, my strengths, opinions, and weaknesses. But here's what I have for you. First of all, for me, the people are the heart of who I am as a leader. I try to invest time into individual relationships because it's helped me to learn how I can best lead and support others. This can come in many forms, from asking someone to get coffee just because I want to know them better, to asking intentional questions in conversation. Honestly, if I think back to the most impactful conversations I've had with others, they've been sparked from questions like, what do you care about? What are your goals? Or what lights a fire in you? In a college setting, we all know that time is not plentiful, and I found that along with the laughs and the lighthearted moments, it's really important to ask questions to people that truly allow you to get to know them better. The deepest and most fulfilling relationships that I've made at Boston College have been developed around intentional conversation in addition to all of the laughter and the lighthearted moments. Another foundational element for me as a leader is to be unapologetically and wholeheartedly myself, but I think it's important to welcome feedback because it's an absolute gift. While I am known to be stubborn, I have learned the most about myself through critique. For example, it wasn't until this year, from feedback about my leadership skills, that I learned that while I'm highly emotionally intelligent, I struggle deeply to be emotionally vulnerable with others. For those who know me, this might be a surprise, seeing that I'm able to connect with others on an emotional level, but it is really true. This year, I've learned what it means to really work on something like this, on how to take feedback, accept it for what it is, and reflect inwardly on it. I guess what I'm trying to say is that the feedback I receive doesn't make me a bad leader, but rather it forces me to grow and to reflect. And because of this, I know that it is something to work on. So while I am authentic, I'm also always looking to push myself to grow and in turn be a better leader for others. This imperfection makes me unapologetically who I am. Another thing that is at the core of who I am as a leader is authenticity. I feel as though leadership can often lead to a lot of imposter syndrome. But guess what? There's no mold for an impactful leader. The leader in the room is not always the one with the loudest voice or the most experience, but the person who's comfortable with themselves and their growth and fosters community wherever they may go. I always like to say that leaders don't change who they are, this being their values or their authentic selves based on who they're with. This is not to say that I am some perky, jolly leadership robot, but for me, being a good leader has been a lot about consistency. I don't want my mentees, or anyone for that matter, to feel as though they have to evaluate my emotion when I walk into the room. People can expect me to be both present physically and emotionally, which I think is important because that means I can become someone that others can depend on. Now, I could go on and on about my leadership and the lessons that I've learned, but part of knowing myself has been understanding that I am quite chatty and have to stop myself at some point. So I'll say one last thing about leadership. There are a lot of theories and books and tests that can tell you who you are, what you know, and what your strengths are. I actually am quite a nerd about this, but with all of these theories, it's also important just to relax and take it all in. What I can say is that one of the best pieces of advice I've gotten from a mentor of mine is to not take life too seriously. Now, this isn't to say that you should lack passion or lack seriousness, but leadership is also just about enjoying yourself sometimes. It's about smiling and having conversations that genuinely warm your heart. It's about embracing that awkwardness that is bound to happen. Perfection in leadership is dangerous, so don't always take yourself too seriously. Enjoy what you love to do. And one last quick thing. 
In high school, I was fortunate enough to be mentored by a woman named Carolyn Casey. Um, please look her up because she's absolutely incredible. Um, but she always told me to end with gratitude. So I try to lead with gratitude. And as a woman, I lead knowing that there are so many women in particular that have made such massive sacrifices for me to be in the positions that I am in today. So I lead with gratitude and lead with support. And as I climb the ladder myself, whether this is the ladder of leadership or success, um, I know that I have to then throw the rope down for others and lift them up as well. And that's all I have for you. Thank you. So Julia, you began explaining your leadership philosophy by emphasizing the importance of leaning into relationships in a very intentional and, and vulnerable way. For those listening, how do you seek out those relationships? Where can they be found? Yeah, so I think that um, what's really unique about uh, my experience in ELP, I think, and why a lot of great relationships come out of it is because we all come with a common interest of like loving leadership and service and wanting to be men and women for others and leaders for others on campus. So I think that that is where a lot of my intentional relationships have come from, but also this can come in many forms. So maybe um, you have a common class, maybe you have a friend in common, maybe you both are like interested in a certain social justice issue. Um, but I think that like you seek out those relationships by being intentional about how you interact with someone, right? So as I say this in my um, leadership philosophy, but you have a lot of like lighthearted, funny moments with people, but also being intentional, right? So if there's someone that you have something in common with and you want to get to know them better, ask them to grab coffee with you. Uh, I think that oftentimes people are scared to reach out to others or to put themselves out there just to make new friends. And I think that having those intentional relationships is a lot about being intentional and how you affirm that person or how you show that person that you want to be their friend. And so how, how do you help bring others to this point of vulnerability? Um, for me, I think a lot of it uh, goes back to this idea of having those like deep relationships and the individual relationships with people. Um, I think a lot of trust is built that way. Uh, and for me, I know that it's easier for me to be vulnerable with someone else um, when I trust them. And so um, if you have a really good relationship with someone and you can be vulnerable with them, a lot of times they're going to respond with that. Um, so I think, especially in leadership too, if you're leading a group and you lead with a sense of vulnerability um, and you kind of leave this whole like perfection complex that is sometimes associated with leadership, um, it can help to be more vulnerable. And then usually people will respond in a vulnerable way um, or learn to trust you in that way. So in consideration about this conversation uh, surrounding vulnerability, what is the distinction between authenticity and vulnerability? Is there one to be made at all? Uh, this is a really good question. Um, for me, I would say that they're different. Um, authenticity for me is kind of like being who you are through and through no matter um, who you're with. Um, and for me, then vulnerability in turn is about being yourself, but also having this willingness to show a less secure part of who you are. Um, I think um, upon further thought about this as a woman, I get caught in this sort of mindset of feeling that I need to prove myself or my skills, and it leaves very little room for me wanting to be vulnerable. So I would say that um, this vulnerability is being my authentic self, but also showing like the side that not everyone sees right when they meet me. Um, so it's not that I'm not authentic by not being vulnerable, but vulnerability is almost like one step further for me personally. So in the spirit of, of your peace and in, in vulnerability, you mentioned that one of the most impactful conversations you've had stemmed from the question, 
what lights a fire in you? So, I mean, I got to ask Julia, what, what does light a fire in you? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a great question. Um, okay. So a lot of things. Um, I have a lot of passions, um, but I, I made a list because I do just really love this question. Um, one thing that I just genuinely love, uh, and a lot of people who know me have to constantly hear about how much I love this, but I love like the field of public health. Um, I had the great opportunity to be a Pulse student this year, um, and I worked in a clinic at for Boston's Healthcare for the Homeless, and like watching my relationships with patients and with people that work in the clinic grow um, is something that genuinely like makes me full of life. Um, I just absolutely love the work that I do there. Um, and I'm excited to keep working there. Um, so that's one very specific thing um, that like inspired me. Um, I would love to like work in the healthcare field um, in my like adult life, I guess. And so that sort of really pushes me. Um, and then a couple, some other things I talked about, like I love a good one-on-one. Um, I love get, grabbing coffee with people. So having conversations and like little breaks in my day um, really make me excited. Um, I love like late night conversations that happen. Um, on a whim, things like that. Um, and then the other thing that I wrote down is the feeling of leaving something knowing that I've done it well, um, which is very vague, but I think this idea, and I, I think about this a lot in terms of leaving ELP and this idea of legacy um, and just leaving knowing that I think I did the job that I was supposed to do. And I think that I did it how I wanted to do it. Um, and that doesn't mean that it was done perfectly or um, that there weren't mistakes or, or anything, but leaving something knowing like, wow, I did a good job. Um, that sort of lights a fire in me. And also hearing about other people's passions. I love hearing people go on and on and on about what they love to do. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Julia, for the vulnerability you've shown in sharing that all with us and the wisdom uh, you've given us throughout the year. And, and I think it's safe to say that there, there are many facets um, of your leadership that were greatly, greatly appreciated in ELP. Now, we like to end um, these podcasts with a question a little bit of a lighter note. Now, this one might be a little a little intense. It's a hot topic on campus, but I'm going to ask it. Um, upper or Newton? <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. I don't think that's too, too heated of a question for me personally. I'm an upper person through and through. Um, I lived on the third floor of Costco my freshman year, which was quite the experience, would not change it for a thing. Uh, only dorm that does free laundry the first month of school. Um, so that's a plus. Um, I think that there are a lot of arguments that Newton like builds this special community that no one can replicate. And I think that's just not true. Uh, while there's probably a great community on Newton, um, I think that you find so much community in Upper as well. Um, for me personally, I'm not the most organized in terms of my time. I would say that's a weakness of mine. So I would say that um, being on Newton would be detrimental to my education, I guess, <laughs> if I wanted to be really on the extreme there. So um, yeah, I'm going to say upper through and through. Uh, met my best friends on upper. Um, genuinely could not have had a better freshman year experience. So I'm, I'm definitely going upper on this one. Sorry, my sorry to my Newton people. Really sorry. Yeah, I mean, I gotta say, I'm I'm personally a Newtonite. I'll, I'll keep my lips pursed. <laughs> I, I I appreciate your uh, <laughs> I appreciate your take on it a lot. Um, uh, I, I know well, it's a hot take. <laughs> <laughs> it's I mean, people people have their loyalties for sure. All right, well, thank you so much, Julia, um, for sharing with us today. We really appreciated having you on and appreciate your time a lot. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for everything that ELP has been um, for me for the past two years. I could not be more grateful. So thank you so much for the opportunity. 
and thank you.